Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 168 of my podcast. It's March 18th, 2013. My guest today is Carolyn McCulley from CityGate Films, and she is a co-director and producer of the upcoming documentary due out next year called Breaking the Wall of Silence. And through March 31st, you can sponsor their project through the website Kickstarter. And I hope you'll join me as a supporter of this important work. So if you go to leanblog.org slash 168, you'll find a link to learn more and view a video preview of their project on Kickstarter. Now, as Carolyn discusses with me, their film doesn't just focus on the problems of patient safety and poor healthcare quality. It focuses on the positive steps that MedStar Health, a large health system in the Washington, D.C. area, is taking to transform its culture to reduce systemic patient harm, and those efforts include the lean improvement methodology. And this focuses why Carolyn calls this a hopeful film as opposed to being just alarmist. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Again, go to leanblog.org slash 168. There's a bunch of show notes and links to uh, different books and articles and things that are mentioned in the podcast, a link to the Kickstarter page, and there's links to previous podcasts of mine on patient safety that you might be interested in as well. So as always, thanks for listening. Carolyn, thanks so much for being a guest on the podcast and talking about your project today. Mark, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having us on. Well, sure. Um, so tell us the story of you know, Breaking the Wall of Silence, uh, the, the documentary, how it came to be, why you're working on this. We actually got started on this topic because we had the opportunity to film a project for another author who was writing a book on transparency and accountability. And so we created a book trailer for him. And that's how we got immersed in the subject as filmmakers. We were focusing on other topics. We're doing a documentary on aviation and on jazz music. We do client projects. But we weren't well-versed on this topic until we did the book trailer. And that's when we had the opportunity to interview some of the leading uh, figures in patient safety. Um, and as we got immersed into it, we thought, okay, this really begs for a follow-on documentary. But when we showed people the trailer for this project, we saw the reaction that a lot of people had, which was, I'm alarmed, mm-hmm. I didn't know this, mm-hmm. and now I want to stick my fingers in my ears, la 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 la, <laughs> because there's right. nothing I can do about it. I saw the reaction of outrage followed by immediate resignation. And I have a friend who's having surgery on Monday, and she's been proactive on this topic, but I saw that as soon as I wanted to talk to her about the particular risks, she just said, I I don't want to hear about Mm. this. There's nothing I can do. I need this surgery for my health, and I don't want to be scared when I go in. And that really shaped the direction of the documentary we wanted to make. There are a lot of documentaries that are alarmist, and for good reason. (laughs) There's a lot of things to alarm you in this world. But that's not always what draws people to wanting to watch a documentary. You know, it's great that we have access to things like Netflix and iTunes, but if you're going to kick back on a Friday night, are you going to want to watch an alarmist documentary Mm -hmm. or an escapist entertainment film? Well, we all know it's going to be the latter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we wanted to make a hopeful film. 
And mm. so we were looking for uh, a cast of characters who were on a quest to change the system rather than just put together something with a lot of scare stories. Yeah. And what, I'm curious, the author of that book on transparency and accountability, who was that author? What was that book? Um, the author was Dr. Marty McCary, and the book oh, was right. Unaccountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's been uh, a really re- recent bestseller, um, fairly recent book um, that, that that's out there. So it's great that you were able to work with him. And, and for listeners, I'll, I'll post a link um, to that book um, in, in the show notes as well. So um, so it's great. I mean, I appreciate the tact you're taking of you know, trying to, to make a hopeful film um, there, there, I'm sure the film can, will, will, will break down some of the data and some of the, some of the risks, but, um, on, on that hopeful front, um, talk about who, who you're working with to illustrate some of the good things that are happening in, in healthcare, trying to improve patient safety and protect patients. It was actually one of the characters in that book trailer, Patty Skolnick, who's a patient safety advocate. It was meeting Patty that led us through to the MedStar folks that we ended up meeting. She was telling us about her good friend, Dave Mayer, a doctor in Chicago who had just gotten a new position in the area where we are. We're based in Washington, D.C. region. And so I called him and I said, I hear that you've gotten a new position in patient safety and um, that you might be interested in working with us. Well, it turns out that he had already produced two documentaries of his own, educational documentaries for patients. I mean, excuse me, educational documentaries for uh, doctors and nurses and those in the healthcare uh, industry. And he had made one about Patty and, and the incident that had happened with her son who unfortunately passed away. And in fact, today as we're recording, it's her son's birthday. So I've been thinking mm-hmm. of Patty and her family today and knowing that every time, you know, this year, every time during the year that they think of their son, well, with Patty, she's thinking of him every day because of the work that she does. But anyway, through Patty, we met uh, Dave Mayer. And so when we walked in and said, we hear that you're on a quest, but I didn't even know exactly all the details, but on a quest to bring some of the things that you have developed in terms of patient safety now to this entire large hospital system in this region, and we'd like to follow you. Well, when you show up as a film team to a hospital, you know, people are kind of suspicious and for good reason, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's hard to differentiate between those who are making films, those who are doing, you know, gotcha kind of television shows, Mm -hmm. and you have to earn the trust. But what I appreciated right away about Dave Mayer was the fact that he knew what we were talking about, having produced films before, he understood the process. And two, he was so committed to the transparency that he was going to bring into this hospital system, which had already been practicing a lot of it anyway. It wasn't like they were completely unfamiliar with it, but they wanted to see his uh, entire program transformation brought in. And he welcomed us to come in and be part of that process. And that was really compelling to us just to see that as he began his journey, he was just a few months into the job, as I recall, when we met last fall, that he welcomed us to start following the story. So what MedStar is doing, MedStar's um, a healthcare system with 10 hospitals and a number of other facilities in the Washington, Baltimore region. And they have well-known hospitals like Georgetown, Washington Hospital Center Mm -hmm. that sit right in the, the nation's capital, and uh, a number of other hospitals that would be more community-based hospitals throughout the region. But it's a large system, but not a well-known system. 
And so what he wanted to do was to bring in a number of programs and also work with MedStar's innovative uh, human factors engineering department, their innovations uh, systems. These are things we're still learning about, but kind of excited that there are people who are looking at the factors that contribute to errors um, mm -hmm. in hospitals that are beyond just bad doctor. You know, we right. all can get alarmed, but there actually are factors that other high-risk uh, industries have already tackled, looking at, like, you know, people are going to repeatedly make this error if this button is red when it needs to be green because mm -hmm. we always think green means go, you know. Mm -hmm. And so they have this whole collection of people looking at the factors for medical errors. But mostly I was impressed by what he and Dr. Tim McDonald had already developed in Chicago, which was this concept called Seven Pillars. And the idea was we're going to bring immediate transparency when patient harm occurs. So uh, immediate reporting to the patient, including the patient and the patient's family, in how they were going to fix the error, waiving the costs, uh, medical costs of that surgery and any mm. follow-up or related uh, medical care that was needed. I mean, what a concept, customer service. Right. <laughs> any other industry, if they mess up, they don't charge you for it. And, uh, and so, you know, it was this, these wonderful ideas of, of being accountable, of making change, and creating a non-punitive culture right. for those who um, are, are working in the hospital system. I mean, everyone knows in every industry there are um, – there are bad apples in a sense, but I, as we've come to see it, there are just a lot more people who are affected by the culture, the system, and the crazy hours and the expectation mm -hmm. of all that you're going to juggle. Um, and more often than not, these are preventable mistakes, which is the reason why he is passionate about getting in and cre creating a system that would fix what is preventable. Right. And I, I think that's a message I'm, I'm sure is resonating with the listeners, you know, people listening, whether they work in healthcare, or whether they, they work in other industries, people who use, uh, you know, the, this lean management system, as, as it's mm -hmm. called, it's based on Toyota. Um, it's based on, uh, a lot of it's based on the work of Dr. W. Edwards Deming, um, who was one of the you know, quality gurus uh, of the last century, who would focus on, you know, uh, Dr. Deming would say, something on, on, on the order of 94% of problems or defects um, are caused by the system. You know, he never said 100% because you're right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there are people who make willful choices that they, they shouldn't have. But more often than not, it's, it's, it's the system. It's people being overly stressed. It's bad system design, lack of time, um, factors like that that do make things preventable. Um, as, as, as you're saying. So it sounds like you know, the, the focus at, at MedStar is around this culture, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, as, as filmmakers, every time we get on a subject, we are catching up to the knowledge that our own subjects have. And we're in the same position here uh, in catching up on the issues of patient safety. But what you should have a skill for and an eye for as a filmmaker are those who are on really interesting quests who have uh, important and, and 
issues ahead of them and important narratives. Mm -hmm. And so we're learning and catching up on this subject. And um, one of the ways that we began this journey with MedStar was the fact that uh, Dave had assembled a team of nationally known patient safety advocates. And Patty Skolnick is part of that, Helen Haskell, uh, Carol Hemogarn, Michael Millinson, Victoria Nahum, Sorrel King, mm -hmm. and Rosemary Gibson, who is the author of the seminal book, The Wall of Silence. Right. And she was been a huge supporter of us, very grateful for her and very grateful for um, her allowing us to have the hat tip to mm -hmm. her book with our film title, Breaking the Wall of Silence. Right. So as they met with Dave and they started um, saying, here are the things that we think you should be doing. These are the areas we're passionate about in terms of change. And they're not all on the same page themselves. They each have different agendas. But as they work together, they're kind of like the Greek chorus for this film. They mm -hmm. they represent the patients who are um, their voices needing needing to be heard in this process. And so we've begun to film those meetings. And uh, and as as Dave is listening, as the MedStar team is listening, um, and you know there are we're beginning to learn each one of these characters and what they're doing. But we're at the very beginning of this journey um, and starting to film with them as they begin to change and bring several factors system-wide throughout the hospital. Mm -hmm. And there are risks. I mean, there are, there are people who are listening in the hospital system saying, I don't know, I, mm -hmm. you know, this, this could put my job at risk. What if I report this error? Won't somebody above me be punitive? Won't I be shut out? Could I lose my job? And so, you know, just the idea that somebody could come in and say, okay, we're going to have a non-punitive culture doesn't mean that everybody believes that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there's those, those risks. Well, it takes time to build up that, that trust with people when you're trying to kind of reshape that culture. There, there is that traditional fear of punishment. And that's why people don't speak up when there's risks or near misses. And unfortunately, then because those systemic issues don't get addressed, you, you have, um, you know, often quite serious patient harm. Uh, you, you mentioned Sorrel King. I, I've been able to meet Sorrel before. Uh, she was actually a guest of mine back on episode 78 of my podcast talking about you know the, uh, the, the tragedy with, with her daughter at mm -hmm. Johns Hopkins and how she's channeled um, you know the, 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 what was originally a lot of anger, of course, about what had happened into working with Johns Hopkins, people like Peter Pronovost and others mm -hmm. who are um, you know, re really trying to do great things to help change the culture and improve systems um, with, within healthcare. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, it's great. You know, you talk about catching up to what um, you know, the, the experts know, the people you're working with at MedStar. But you know, there, there can be the, the trap and expert in an area uh, falls into of being able, you know, unable to communicate it clearly in a way that you know can resonate with the public, and and so I'm sure that's the skill that that you and your team um, are, are bringing to the project, being able to actually explain something in a like you said in an engaging way that makes them want to actually watch and learn and hopefully take action. So on on, on that point, you know, what, what what do you hope the film will accomplish in terms of? Um, the way you envision the film, people's reactions, what, what would you like to see come out of it other than having um, having the film out there? Well, we want we want the general viewership to understand the issue of patient safety. Um, most people are probably a lot like me. Really? You know, you find out about this in the beginning that 
there's a risk that you could be harmed in a clinical setting. And uh, that's not well known because of the traditional deny and defend principles. So when patient harm did occur, uh, there would be a settlement or, or an award. And, uh, and then you know, there were terms to that in terms of what you were willing and could talk about. So not as many people are aware of this. And, and so we want the educational component to be in there. We want people to mm-hmm. understand this, but then we want to be able to turn around and offer them a picture of those who are breaking the wall of silence. I mean, in the sense of the risks that they're taking um, while the rest of the industry watches. And we hope that um, that there will be an in, that this film will inspire change. Right. Now, Dave Mayer and everybody else on this project is very quick to point out that they're not really coming up with anything new. That they're taking the best practices, um, many of which you know, different ideas have been developed around the country, and putting them together in a comprehensive change. That's that's really the point to emphasize is that, as far as any of us are aware, no hospital system of this size has tried to do such a comprehensive change. And that mm-hmm. is really the quest that we want to follow. And whether it'll be successful or not is really the arc of the film. Now, in, in doing this project, even though we're at the very beginning of it, we've already heard many heartbreaking stories from patients. Mm-hmm. Many people have already contacted us, sent pictures, told us their stories. And um, and that's to me, it, it breaks my heart mm-hmm. to see the suffering that's out there. Um, and and that's those are very real and valid stories in and of themselves. But what we really want to show is the fact that it is possible to own your mistakes and change the system. I've, I've heard this both inside and outside of the, the medical industry. I've heard this from lawyers. I've heard this from, you know, various counselors. The main reason that people sue is because nobody has said, I'm sorry. Nobody has mm-hmm. owned their mistake and nobody's given them the information. And so what fascinated me about the Seven Pillars Project and the articles I was reading about it was how it when this procedure was used in Chicago, when this process was used, that the number of claims went down, the number of malpractice uh, claims went down, the number of uh, lawsuits went down, and mm-hmm. their their premiums went down. And, and so you're able to see that um, the fear that a lot of people have of the financial risk is not always merited, and that more often than not, what people want are answers. And when they don't get answers, then they sue because they're angry. It's the only way to find out what happened to them or their loved one. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I hope the film you know, accomplishes all, all of those goals and more of, of creating awareness, helping, you know, I think, maybe even other hospital systems see what's possible through mm-hmm. through the good work that um, MedStar is doing. And maybe the final thing we can talk about here, um, you know, we've jumped ahead to talk about when the film is done. Uh, let's talk about uh, Kickstarter and the process that you're going through. People listening might not be familiar, might, might not have heard of Kickstarter, or might not know how it works and um, the, the role people can take in helping fund the project. So can, can you kind of talk about I think we've covered maybe, you know, why this is an important film and why people should go and support this. I I was happy to go and make a pledge to support the project. But can can you talk about, um, you know, how others can help and how this works? Yes. And thank you for your support, both in the financial support and in giving us this time on your podcast. My co-director, Brad Allgood, wasn't able to join us today, but we're both very grateful for your time and support. Um, Kickstarter is part of what they call a crowdfunding effort. 
And uh, crowdfunding simply allows you to build both audience awareness and financial support for a creative venture. It's used by a number of people, filmmakers, artists, uh, writers, game developers. And the idea is that you share your pitch with people and they uh, participate, they back. It's not usually a tax-deductible venture, not on Kickstarter. There are some crowdfunding uh, other crowdfunding uh, elements that allow you to to do a a tax deductible uh, contribution. But Mm. with Kickstarter, it's much more of an innovative element. And so what they do is they they vet us on our end pretty clearly. We have to be approved through Amazon payments. We have to be a financially viable company. You know, we have to send in our bank account information. We have to do a lot of things so that they can represent you as not being a scam artist. Right. And then there's this accountability for um, the, the milestones of delivering the rewards that backers receive. So when you go to Kickstarter, you're able to see the pitch for whatever the project is, read about it, see what the rewards are. The rewards can only be things that you create. You can't offer cars and mm-hmm. <laughs> other things for participating, but they're things that are part of your creative process. So most often for filmmakers, it's you know the film credits. Get to be a backer and see your name in the credits at the end of the film. So if you watch other films these days, you'll usually see a special thanks list with this ginormous number of names yeah. that follow, and you're like, oh, crowdfunding campaign. And, uh, and and access to behind the scenes information and film posters and you know these tiered rewards for backing, but mostly it's for the thrill of being part of an experience to be able to say, I I helped to support this and you know there's my name, but more importantly I believe in the cause, the game, the film, the project, the art, whatever. And and looking at the page, and I'll have a link again in the show notes, but um, if you go to Kickstarter and search for you know, breaking the wall of silence. And, and there is a, a, I guess, a deadline here. It's time bounded by mm-hmm. uh, March 31st, which is why um, I wanted to go ahead and get this out here. But if you go and find the page on Kickstarter, there are, um, like Carolyn, you were describing, um, the, these different bonuses you can get of you know, having your name listed in that list of credits um, at, at higher levels of um, sponsorship. You can get um, a press kit or a movie poster or there's even some higher level um, contribution levels where you can actually be listed um, as an associate producer and, mm-hmm. um, and and be involved in that way if somebody really um, believes in the project and uh, wants to be a part of it. Um, so I don't know, what, anything else you would add about you know the, the Kickstarter process then? Yeah, yeah, Kickstarter is actually different from a number of the other crowdfunding operations that are out there. Kickstarter believes that if you can't raise the amount that you need to get a project going or for the project stage you're in, then you can't guarantee success to your backers. So what they do is they've set a target. You decide what it is, whatever you're going to raise. But Kickstarter system is if you don't meet your goal, you don't get any mm-hmm. of what's been raised. And so that's you know that's a little nerve-wracking. We've done other crowdfunding. Uh, we've used other crowdfunding companies because of that risk. You know, you're like, mm-hmm. uh, if I don't make it, I won't get any of it. But I, I understand from the backer's perspective why Kickstarter is, is a, a better system in some ways because you don't you know your pledge is not collected unless that target is met and so you can pledge and see how uh, the campaign is going you can change your pledge you can raise it as it goes along if you want to 
but for us from our side, you know, we have to work to build audience. We have to work to find people who are interested in it. And yeah, I mean, it's nerve wracking every day we're on going like, oh, backers, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you, you do feel like for 30 days, you're a beggar with your hat in hand going mm-hmm. back my film. But the point is that, you know, we believe in it. And so we, we see the merit and we are hoping that other people would see the merit and see the importance of, um, helping to get a, a feature film out that is going to inspire change because it's each local community helps to bring change to their local hospitals. It helps to create the conversation about patient safety. It's an educational process, but it's also an activist process mm-hmm. and, um, and it requires uh, collective change. So we're actually working on a film right now, a little short update showing about the work that young doctors as residents are doing and why they are the ones most likely to pick up the mantle for patient safety. So we're getting ready to post a little update about that on our campaign. And so we continue to post updates and share information. But yeah, you know, you do, you kind of feel like you're back in high school with, hey, am I popular? Is your pro- <laughs> Well, so yeah, we appreciate the fact that you've shared your time on your podcast with us. Well, sure, and I'm happy to um, you know support the project, and I'll also be watching. I mean, we're recording this here on uh, on uh, Friday, March fifteenth, so we're halfway through, and it says sixteen days to go, and it shows the stats. So, um, as as people are listening, you, you'll have about two weeks um, to to learn more about the project. There's there's a, a video. There on the Kickstarter site, uh, an, a nice trailer that has a good overview and a lot of text and, and information that um, that Carolyn and the team have um, provided there. So again, I hope people will go uh, and, and check that out. So if um, you, you want to learn more, um, and a lot of people I know listen away from their computers, but use your computer, use your uh, smartphone and, and go to leanblog.org slash 168. That's the episode page for our discussion here. It'll have links. Um, to the specific Kickstarter page, and, and you can um, take a look and, and hopefully um, join me as a, a supporter and contributor to this project. Uh, so, Carolyn, thanks so much for taking time to talk about the project, and I uh, certainly wish you the best of luck, not just with the fundraising, but the filming of this really important story. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciated our conversation. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.